Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. Young Sally comes up to Mum and says, Mummy, I thought you said that we came from Adam and Eve. But I asked Daddy, and he said that we came from the apes. And Mummy said, oh, darling, no, no, that's just your father's side of the family. (laughs) As I mentioned last week, uh, the creation story in the book of Genesis is not supposed to be taken literally, but it is supposed to reveal the deepest truths about God and about us as humans and the purpose of our life, what it means to be human. And one of the key points that this story highlights is that we are created to be in partnership with God. Have you ever thought of your life in that way? The purpose of your life is to be in partnership, to, to work with God, in to collaborate with God in God's work of creation, as God stewards the earth and fills it with love, our role is to work with God in all of that. This this partnership with God is central to our identity and it's also what enables us to access our fullest potential. Think of the big names who partnered with God throughout the scriptures. Think of people like Abraham and Moses and King David, think of the prophets, think of Mary, think of uh, the apostles. When we look at their lives, three things become very, very clear. The first is that God saw potential in each one of these people that they didn't see in themselves and that other people didn't see in them either. And, And God gave each of them a mission that drew out this potential. The second thing that we see in their lives is that God always gave them what they lacked so that they could be successful at whatever it is that God was calling them to do. And the third thing that we notice is that when they trusted the call of God, when they trusted that that sense that God had put on their hearts, and and when they stepped into that that mission, it resulted in unthinkable fruitfulness in their lives and through their lives. Last week, I I spoke about that uh, profound shift in paradigm that that happens within us as we uh, grow and as we deepen in our relationship with God. As that shift begins to take place, we realise what all of these big names realised. We realise firstly that that God knows me better than I know myself, that he knit me in my mother's womb as we we hear in the Psalms. We also realise that God wants the best for me and God has a good and unique purpose for my life. And thirdly, 
we realize that the most important and the most significant thing that I can do with my life is to discover that purpose and to live it out generously. I introduced all of this last week using the language of our personal vocation, which is that mission that God puts on our hearts. It's our unique way of offering ourselves as a gift to God and to others. It's it's the unique way that we use what God has given us as a way of serving and, and loving. St. John Paul II said, our personal vocation is a singular, unique an unrepeatable grace by which each Christian builds up the body of Christ. Now, John Paul II, no doubt, is thinking of St. Paul's words in Corinthians. Remember, he, he talks about the church as a body, and he says, Christ is the head, and we are all parts of the body of Christ, and each one of us has a role to play. What Paul also says is that regardless of how big or how small you think your role may be, every role in the body, whether it's an arm or a toe or a fingernail, every role is significant. It's significant to others, it's significant to God, and it's significant to us. Because when we discover and when we play out the role that we're being called to play, That is the best way that we can continue growing in love, living out the deepest purpose of our life, which, of course, is what this series is all about. Maybe your role is to pray for others. Maybe God has given you a desire to intercede for the needs of the world. Or maybe your role is to be the most generous grandparent you can be. And I'm not talking about giving gifts, but being generous with your time and your attention and your affirmation, using your wisdom and your authority to encourage your your children and your grandchildren. Or perhaps, if you don't have your own children, being a grandparent kind of figure to others, maybe in the community here or, or others in your life. Or maybe your, your role, your vocation is more linked to your work as a, a, a teacher or a, a dentist or a police officer or an entrepreneur. Maybe you are an industrial designer and you design packets of toothpaste. Even a role like that can be part of your vocation if that's how you feel God is calling you to partner with him. You see... The key qualifier of our personal vocation is that it's not just something that we're gifted at or something that we like doing, but it's something that we do with the intention of serving others and bringing our best gift to the world. You may know the story of St. Francis of Assisi. As a young fellow, St. Francis was restless. He was was looking uh, to try and answer this big question about his uh, calling in life. What was it that would bring his life true meaning? And so he went to war with this idea of being this great hero in war. And, and of course, that didn't do it for him. And so, uh, of course, then he had his, his, his father, uh, you know, kind of urging him to follow in the family business. But 
that also wasn't doing it for Francis. But then after his conversion, after he came to, to, to know Jesus in his life, he, he found himself in that small old chapel in Assisi. Some of you have probably been there, San Damiano. And he was praying before the crucifix and he was, he was simply asking Jesus, um, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my life? And then, of course, he heard those famous words. Francis, go rebuild my church. And so that's what he did. He got to work. He started rebuilding the old churches around Assisi until eventually, of course, he realized that the church that God wanted him to rebuild was the human church, which at that time was going through a very dark kind of period. And Francis went on to live that vocation, and 800 years later, he continues to be a blessing in the world. Sometimes our personal vocation, it takes a while to become clear, and that's okay. The key thing is that we keep seeking it out. We keep coming before Jesus and asking him what it is that he's calling us to do with our lives, just like Francis did. Our personal vocation can also express itself differently over time. Speaking of St. Francis uh, makes me think of our very own Sister Magella. Uh, when I came to Melbourne in 2010 and joined the seminary here, uh, I kept hearing about this, this ministry called Wellsprings, which sort of happened back in the day. I kept meeting all these people that had been impacted by this Wellsprings ministry. I kept meeting all these couples that had met and got married <laughs> through the Wellsprings ministry, and eventually I realised that that was the baby of Sister Magella. Anyway, years later when I started getting involved in the parish here, uh, Sister Magella had another famous ministry going called Children's Adoration. She would take uh, the kids from the school and she'd lead them through you know, guided prayers before the Blessed Sacrament. Beautiful, uh, beautiful ministry. And uh, after a number of years, that also wound down as, as our school closed. But then with the advent of COVID, Sister Magella launched into a new ministry, phone ministry. <laughs> She'd spend hours on the phone calling all of our seniors, making sure they're okay, calling all those she knew that were isolated, calling those who were struggling, Sending me emails, pray for this person, pray for that person, call this person. <laughs> we all know Magella's the boss, right? Uh, Magella was probably busier in lockdown than she was before. That's how you know it's a vocation. That not even lockdown will stop you from doing it. Now, over the years and still today, there are many, many other ways that Magella has, has, has contributed to uh, the community and, and, and served and blessed people. But all of those different ways and all of those different um, ways that she served and loved were all part of the one vocation. They just expressed in slightly different ways as the Lord led her and as circumstances and situations changed in her life. The key thing is that we constantly remain open to how Jesus is calling us to serve and love. And next week, 
my plan is to get a little bit more practical. Next week, we're going to talk about things that we can do to keep discerning and, and, and making sure that we continue to live out what God is calling us to do. I want to finish today with by reflecting on one thing that we need God to do for us if we want to fully embrace and live out whatever it is God's calling us to. Our inspiration today comes from this blind man, Bartimaeus, in our gospel. The first extraordinary thing that we notice in Bartimaeus is that despite the fact that he's blind, despite the fact that he's he's a beggar, he's the lowest in society, of all the people in the crowd, he is the one that recognises the power and the authority of Jesus. It's through his blindness and his poverty that he finds Christ. Sometimes we think that the challenges that we face in life are a liability, but actually they can become a tremendous asset. They can remind us that we do not have all the answers in life. And and if we lean into those challenges, they can open up our spiritual eyes and help us to find Christ. And that's exactly what happened to Bartimaeus. From his poverty, he, he, he cries out, Son of David, Jesus, have pity on me. Then the, the people, they start criticising him. Who was this nobody calling out, disturbing Jesus? They were telling him to be quiet. You know, when we really pursue God's plan for our life, the same might happen to us. Doing what God puts in our heart is not always the most fashionable the most popular thing to do. It's not always what your family and your friends may expect of you. That was certainly true of St. Francis. His father was not a fan at all of his decisions. Pursuing your vocation is not always the path of least resistance. But all those voices did not stop Bartimaeus and they don't need to stop us either. He persevered. And he shouted even louder, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus, of course, he heard the shouting because he always hears the cry of a humble heart. And he stops and he calls him over as he's constantly calling each one of us. And that's when the magic happens. It says that throwing off his cloak, he jumped up and he went to Jesus. The fact that he threw off his cloak really mattered to Bartimaeus and it really matters to us. You see, he must have had so many reasons rolling around in his mind why he shouldn't cry out to Jesus, why he shouldn't go to Jesus, why Jesus shouldn't help him, why he didn't deserve it. But something within him knew that he needed to let all those voices go. And so letting go of the cloak was his way of saying, I'm letting go of anything that might get in the way of the power of this man, the power of Jesus. His situations, his failures, the thoughts that he had about his failures, 
the opinions of others, letting all of that go. Bart knew in his soul that it wasn't enough to him just to come to Jesus. He needed to come empty. He needed to come surrendered. He needed to come to Jesus fully trusting. And by doing that, he gained his sight. And of course, he didn't just gain physical sight, but now he could see what he needed to do with his life. And it said that immediately he started following Jesus along the road. He started walking in his vocation. Now, I want to suggest that we are all wearing cloaks that are preventing us from fully seeing and fully living out the vocation that Jesus is calling us to. Maybe you're a bit like me and you've been plagued by this idea that you're not allowed to be your best self. You're not allowed to really thrive. Maybe you're worried of what someone might say. You're worried about upsetting someone if you really let yourself go and be everything you know you can be. Maybe that's the cloak you need to let go of. Or maybe you've been holding on to this idea that you are not good enough. Or perhaps you feel you did something to deserve the situation that you're in, which is probably what Bartimaeus would have thought about his blindness. Blindness was seen as a curse at that time. Maybe there's something that has happened in your story that you think disqualifies you from being used by God. Maybe that's the cloak you need to get rid of. Maybe it's a hurt that you carry. And holding on to that hurt, that unforgiveness, that bitterness towards someone is preventing you from fully giving yourself to Jesus. Maybe that's the cloak you need to get rid of. Or maybe it's your attachment to material securities. Maybe you're not really surrendering yourself to God's plan for your life because you're afraid it'll compromise your lifestyle or or it'll compromise what others think of you. Maybe that's the cloak you need to let go of today. What is it that you need to throw off? Sometimes our cloak has been wrapped around us for so long we don't even see it anymore. We need God's help to identify it. So I want to encourage you this week to give yourself some space to reflect on your cloak or your cloaks. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see it. And then once you do identify it, ask for God's grace to help you to let go of that cloak once and for all so that you can more fully see And you can more fully live the way that Jesus is inviting you to love in the world, to become more fully loved. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.